Sorry about the disruption, folks. But I always do the last dance of the season. But this year, somebody told me not to. So I'm going to do my kind of dancing with a great partner, who's not only a terrific dancer, but somebody who's taught me that there are people willing to stand up for other people, no matter what it costs them. Somebody who's taught me about the kind of person I want to be. Miss Francis Housen. This is Soundtrack. Welcome, ladies and gents, to season two, episode one. We're back. Soundtrack. We are back. Did you ever think we'd make our second season, Nick? No, I mean, I had visions of, of one season. Yes. I had visions of us having a long extended break and never yep. returning. But yep. it shows how diligent and how much, uh, you know, tenacity we have to be back for season two. And it shows the loyalty of our followers as well. They didn't let us, mm. they didn't let us go quietly into the night. <laughs> And, and they're also, creeping up there. And we weren't cancelled. That's always good. No, that's exactly right. Podcasts can't be cancelled. Hmm. <laughs> but you can't cancel us. You can't. People can't be can't. People can do whatever they want now. We can just keep doing this, even if no one listened forever. That's the beauty of society at the moment. Um, but hey, someone could have found a way to, to shut us down. But no, we no. made it through the first season. We are back for 2021 season two, season two of Soundtrack. And We'd love to say we're out of the 80s, but we're right back into the 80s for this one again. Yeah, we are right back into the 80s. And I know that there were a lot of people, I know that you really wanted to get back in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And I know there were a lot of people that tried to shut that down. Mm-hmm. They had problems with it. They said, you really need to move on, guys. Something from the 2000s. Please. They're begging. They're, in the, they're, they're begging on comments, on posts, on tweets. Mm. They're saying, please, something that's not in the 80s. Um, and you were just really gung-ho I'm trying to do that and I had to step in and I said you know what you had to intervene I had to intervene and I said nobody puts Mick in the corner that's exactly right baby nobody puts me in the corner and uh, and here we are we're back in the 80s we are back in the 80s speaking of the 80s and people that have listened to us for a while would know that our favourite year is 1984 the year that we both came onto this earth Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, uh, onto this planet and uh, speaking of that it's a little someone's birthday tomorrow. Mm, Who would that be? Right. That's that's me. That's yeah. Mickey's birthday. Yeah, Mickey's birthday. 37. 37. 84 plus, yeah, 20. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah. 37. That works Correct. out. Correct. Thinking of the, like, 37 just seems so old. But now that I'm 37, it doesn't doesn't feel old being 37. Nah. You don't look it. Thank you. You look you look 24. I look 36. <laughs> I will be for 24 well, hours. Yeah. Uh, so, that, so that's why it's a perfect time for me to come down, record our latest episode. The fans have been crying out. Mm-hmm. I know Mehmet's an avid follower. Mehmet? Mehmet? Mehmet's been saying he always, every single time he listens to a podcast, he then the next day says, right, when's the next one? <laughs> so Mehmet loves us. So hello, Mehmet, to, mm-hmm. to you. Um, and here we are. We're recording for you and it's, it's coming out. The fans have been waiting and we're back. We are Season back. two has begun and we've got a plan. We pretty much know our next five episodes. Yep. We are ready to go and, uh, and mm. hope you enjoy. So we're in the 80s. We've got the Mountain Goat beer. We're drinking the Mountain Goat. We forget the people can't see us. We have the Mountain Goat we again. We have the Mountain Goat. We're we in my con- backyard. We are in your back. We're on your back under your, under your pergola and your back deck. Uh, mm-hmm. Very nice. Very recently rainy day. Painted, recently, painted recently painted. Recently painted. With a new paint. It's lovely. The, it's, it's serene. Um, we were going to play golf, but the weather hasn't really worked out. So Weather's taking a turn, so it's going to be 10-pin bowling tonight. It's going to be some 10-pin bowling and a nice big schnitzel and a big stein of beer. Beautiful. That's all we really Beautiful. need. Beautiful. Can't wait. Um, so now we're in the 80s, mm-hmm. and we're but we've kind of strayed a little bit because a lot of the 80s movies have been, you know, actions, yeah. comedies, a yep. bit more ge- generally swayed towards the men, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, the viewing audience yeah, of, of males. Correct. Whereas we've kind of, I don't I We're appealing know. to a different. I don't know if the term chick, chick flick is still permitted. I don't know, I don't know if it what. Is, then I mean, we're not cancelled. We did make it to season two. We haven't been cancelled so far, <laughs> but people could be cancelled for calling things a chick flick. Yep. Um, but th- we would say that this movie probably appeals to a female audience slightly more than the male audience, mm-hmm. perhaps. So we have we have veered slightly. Yes, we have, and hopefully we'll open up our fan base a little bit, a little bit more. Absolutely. Um, it's been a while since I've seen this one. Um, and I remember the last time I watched it was 
with Belinda, my current wife. Yes. With a whole bunch of people. <laughs> As opposed to your previous Previous wife. wife. Uh, <laughs> Wives. With, with a whole bunch of people um, when we were dating. Mm-hmm. And it was at Kalia's house. Your and friend Kaylee. And Kaylee is a listener, listener of our podcast as well. Is who she now lives all the, in the way US. from the US? Very good. Mm-hmm. We are international. Lives in uh, Seattle. Seattle, Washington. Uh-huh. Right, okay. And... Um, so, uh, yeah, I remember there was a whole bunch of us there watching it. It was the first time I'd seen it. So mm-hmm. we're going back now. We're going back probably about 15 years. Yep. Um, but look, I did enjoy it. Initial I did thoughts. enjoy it. Yep. Simple storyline. Yes. Um, if you try and, you know, I, I like to typically try and summarize the, the film really quickly at the start. People haven't seen it. A lot of people will have seen Dirty Dancing. And Well, gotta, yes, I'm glad we that. said that. Just in case people didn't see the title of the episode before they clicked in, we are doing Dirty Dancing. Dirty Dancing yes. today. Yep. So, made in 1987. We're, the movie, we're not Dirty Dancing ourselves. Not between us, no. Yet. So, um, made in 87, set in 63. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, it's a story about... It's, it's a sort of a coming-of-age story about a, a woman or a girl, maybe, you know, stepping out of her, the shadows of the family, sort yep. of what, the, you know, the burden that her father puts on her in terms of being a particular person, yep. uh, having a certain job, and... It's underpinned by the music and by the dancing and her yep. sort of coming of age. Yes, absolutely. Um, coming of age is a very good... That's probably the best way to describe it. I like that. I like mm-hmm. that. Yep. There are a lot of coming of age Stories. Picks. Rochelle, Rochelle. <laughs> <laughs> and then obviously depicted by that final scene where she's fl- picked up and she flies. The lift. The famous you know, lift. Just yes. letting go of all the inhibitions. Absolutely. And, and being who she wants to be. Yep. Um, but look, no. Thoroughly enjoyed the film. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the simple storyline. Um, sometimes movies can get a little bit complicated. This is just very simple. Girl meets boy. I don't want to sound like girl a... likes boy. Uh, yeah. There's an abortion in there somewhere. <laughs> then there's another. The boy likes the girl. Bit of dancing. Bit of dancing. It's Go not, home. It's actually That's not it. that dirty yeah. about the dancing, is it? Oh, look, for, it's pretty I'd say sensual. For the, I'd say for the sixties, for the time, extremely dirty. Yeah. For today's standards, it's not dirty at That's all. That's mild. Yeah. That's what you'd see at a wedding with grandma. More classy. Absolutely. Classy dancing. Yeah. Um, Should be called upscale <laughs> waltzing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but here's a, there's something you see. Let's see how, how, um, how good you are in, in terms of understanding the different dancing that was going on. Okay. So well, what are the different dances that they do? I know one is merengue. Merengue? Merengue. Okay. Because right. I, I did see a scene I hadn't watched it in a while. I, watched, I re- refreshed my memory of, fi- of a few scenes today. Mm. Um, I probably haven't seen it probably maybe five years ago. I watched it again. Um, and when she, when Baby was saying she could possibly step in for Penny. Yes. She, they, both Johnny and Penny were pretty much saying, she can't even do the merengue. Oh, okay. I think Baby said, I think, I can't even remember merengue. She didn't even want to do it. And then they just kept saying merengue. So I remember merengue. Anything else? Uh, tango? No? Yes. Is that definitely, one? Definitely, yep. Okay. Uh, the waltz? No. 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 Not the waltz. Uh, the Watusi? <laughs> <laughs> not, not that I'm aware of. Can I tell you the rest? Please. So it's a fusion, apparently, Yes. of tango, cha-cha, and mumbo. Mumbo is actually what they're doing. Okay, yeah. cha cha. Yeah, okay, cha cha makes sense. Yeah, there's yes. a lot of the. You can see a lot of the. Da, 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 yep, you can see a lot of the cha cha stuff. Mumbo. What's mumbo? Number five. Mumbo is, I think, a a more of a upbeat or um, a sort of um, more intense version of the salsa. Right. Apparently, an, an intense version of the salsa. I like. I like we need it. some experts of dancing. Well, to we also do. Write we in. do. Tweet us at. Soundtrack, soundtrack guys. guys and let us know uh, what the mumbo is yes give us a thorough what definition an, what an intense version of the salsa looks like mm. um, but that's very exciting that's good so a few little um, bits of trivia uh, you know sort of the behind the the, the movie itself mm-hmm. um, Patrick Swayze and the other actress Jennifer Grey mm-hmm. had been in Red Dawn together and right. apparently they didn't get along so Patrick Swayze had to absolutely convince her to do another movie with him. Um, and they had a rocky relationship throughout and apparently it wasn't working out. And at one point the director had to go back to the original screen test where they were rehearsing or whatever to be, to be 
in these roles to remind them of the chemistry they have between each other. Ooh. So, and in the film, there's a little bit of that sort of tension. Tension. Yeah, you can feel it between yeah. the actors, which, which kind of you know evolved then into kind of their their flirty banter and yeah. you know then it adds to it. I it think. adds to it. Lend, lends itself to a bit bit more of the romance, bit yeah. of the the cat and, cat and mouse kind of exactly back and forth. So if you watch it again and you know that. Yeah, it's it's knowing that sort of happening makes, behind the scenes makes actually, it interesting. Yeah, it does, and it makes a little bit more sense about their interactions. The other thing that was a bit full on that I that I read was that um, Jennifer Grey was dating Matthew Broderick at the time, mm. and she had to cut all the promotional tours that she was doing because they got into an accident, a car accident, um, and the other and two people in the other car died from in that accident Whoa. in eighty seven. Wow! So she cut all of the the work she was doing around pr- sort of promoting that film. Oh my god! Full on. That is that is. Um, and just the other thing I thought that was interesting was that you know, was Patrick- he driving a red? <laughs> okay, <don't. laughs> from Ferris Bueller's Day Out. <laughs> um, and and the last thing I thought that I thought I'd bring up was, you know, Patrick Swayze looked in amazing shape for that film and yes he was in great shape mm. in a lot of films mm. but apparently he wore a girdle made, made me feel better about myself which did he like Spanx tightened up his yeah, stomach yeah tightened up his guts yeah it makes me feel better about that myself that does make me feel better because I tell you what I was having Could some, do with the girdle. Was some, having some hot flashes today uh, when I was watching, <laughs> watching some, some of, some of, those, of those, scenes. those scenes he was a very attractive I, I'm I'm well I won't, say, great, Nick. I won't say 100% straight but I am straight <laughs> um, but uh, Patrick Swayze in that movie woo, mm. I'll tell you what yeah. <laughs> he could turn a man absolutely and <laughs> Again, he features in the soundtrack which is I mean you'll cover that yes, in a second yes he does he does not a lot of people would know that he actually no, no. and you know, and extremely mm. rare mm. extremely rare mm. I was thinking about that today I can't think of any there's probably there probably are. I actually didn't look it up <laughs> so what's my knowledge just from my head going to tell me? Yeah. Um, but I can't. I certainly can't think of anywhere the actor was also on the soundtrack. Is there something blatant? Is there a musician movie that we're that we're forgetting? I know Eddie Murphy sung that song. My girl wants to party all the time, party I, all the ah, time. But I don't think it was that, from a movie. Okay. All right. Um, Who are musicians? Come actors that. May have Bradley Cooper. Ah, yes, Lady Gaga. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. so actually, it's quite common so, now. Yeah, maybe yeah, maybe more recently. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not back in the eighties. Back then, that would have been a bit extreme. To. I yeah. don't think people were more. It was unlikely that people were everything. Mm. I think nowadays people can be actors, double, triple, quadruple, triple, threats. quadruple singers, actors, mm. Mm. dancers, comedians. Mm. Back then, you picked a lane. Uh, you stuck to it, baby. Life was more simple. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, well, there you go. So Swayze, mm. very, very handsome dude. So should I go through, uh, please, some of the tracks? Well, look, I'm just going to go. There was a another uh, release later. We always see this. We see a later release of a, of a soundtrack twenty years later, thirty years later, whatever. Just going to go through the 1987 edition. Okay, good. Just going to go through that. I feel like we really need to stick to the time. Yeah. Take our listeners and ourselves back to 1987. Mm. I'm interested to see what they actually did in terms of the song selection on that album because mm. the movie was underpinned by... Absolutely. In a big way, by the music. And some things that we like uh, happening happened yes. as far as interaction with the music and yep. uh, actors... Singing, the, even singing some of the lyrics. Mm. Mm, okay. Anyway, we'll go through it. Now, I think the best way to do to do this, and I'll probably have to play it again because it is a big song. But I think the best way to kick it off for our listeners is to go to track number one, which is the most famous song from the movie and one of the most famous songs of all time. I've had the time, the time of, of my life. life. Now I've had the time of my life. No, I never felt like this before Yes, I swear it's a truth And I owe it all to you Cause I the time of my life And I owe it all to you I've so long now, I found someone to stand by me.
Oh, Mickey, it's taking me back. Wow. It is taking me back. I just absolutely love that song. I have had many interactions with that song. I've <laughs> sung it on stage in front of thousands, well, hundreds of people at a school concert with the dance teacher, dance oh, choreographer, wow. uh, where I was Johnny and she was Baby. Um, I, it's, I sing it on Smool. I don't know if you know about Smool, but it's a singing app. Right, okay. Uh, and I, I've sung that with, with some very good singers from, from the United States. It's a very good duet. It's a very good duet. I've sung it many times, but I won't go into too much detail now. I've got mm-hmm. a lot of facts about that one. Okay. But I thought we'd just start with that one. That's a good way to kick bit off. Bit of a teaser. Good way to, bit of a teaser to kick it off. Uh, so that was track number one. Track number two was Be My Baby by the Ronettes. Oh, what a track. This song actually opens the movie. It was the first Ronette song produced by Phil Spector, the music producer come convicted murderer. What? <laughs> who actually died very recently of COVID-19. He died at the start of this year. Wow. Um, he produced the Ronettes and then went on to marry their lead singer, Ronnie, <laughs> in 1968. Uh, she accused him of tormenting her during their four years together. Um by telling her that she was nothing without him, forbidding her to leave the mansion alone and pulling guns on her. And she eventually fled barefoot from him in 1972. Right, and he committed murder as well. And then later he committed murder. He met someone, it was in the early 2000s, he met someone in a club, took them back and shot her and was convicted for murder. It was, it was a 19 to life sentence that he was serving. Um, he said that it was an accidental suicide. So that was the way that he portrayed it. I guess that she had a gun and accidentally killed herself. Yeah. Um, but anyway, he was convicted. He was convicted. He was convicted and found. Yeah, was found guilty. Went went to to jail for nineteen years to life sentence. Um, was pulled out of jail. The, I think recently, the end of last year or something, to get treatment. Went back to jail because he was feeling better. Then had trouble breathing and went back to hospital and only died recently. He was he was eighty something. Like he was quite right. old. But yeah. so there you go. So wow. yeah, I know. We're starting <laughs> with the big stuff. Um, now, after the dirty dancing appearance, the Ronettes actually sued Phil Spector, claiming that he he wasn't actually authorized to use their music <laughs> in the uh, in the movie. He was ordered to pay them two point six million, but then it was overturned because in the sixties, a lot of the contracts didn't necessarily have those kind of secondary rights things where artists could actually have copyright to their own music. So right. they didn't really have a leg to stand on. But they sued him, and it was then overturned and whatever. So. Yeah, but it's found it's found its way on the soundtrack. Oh, okay. And it's a great song. Be good my for baby. Us. Great song. Great for, great for us. <laughs> not so good for everyone involved. Um, number three, which I'll also go into a little more detail about. She's like the wind. Oh, Patrick yes. Swayze. Patrick Swayze. Yep. I'm going to yeah. play a little bit of that right now. Beautiful. She's like the wind. Through my tree She rides the night Next to me She leads me through moonlight Only to burn me with the sun She's taking my heart But she doesn't know what she's done Feel the breath in my face Can't look in her eyes She's out of my league Just a fool to believe I have anything she needs She's like the wind
Did he do much else in terms of singing Patrick Swayze? I, I was looking that up. I couldn't find any other songs that he had really done. I'm mm. sure he did other songs, but it's certainly no hits, certainly not ones that were mm. that would be well known. And obviously, you know, sad he didn't he didn't well, he, he died of cancer. He probably what is it, his fifties when he died? Fifty seven, I think. Yeah. Mm. Really sad. Fifty seven, yeah. One of my favourite actors, if you go back mm. and look at some of those classic movies he was in. Point Absolutely. Break. And, as we know, and as our ladies will attest that are listening, and some of our men, mm-hmm. Heartthrob. Mm. That was his, that was his sort of reign, wasn't he? Late Absolutely. 80s, early 90s. 80s. Point Break. Peak. Oh. Peak of his power. Peak of his power. This, Point Break, peak. Mm. That's, that's just, that's 80s that's Heartthrob. Swayze. That's just pure man. Pure, <laughs> that's just pure beauty is what it is. Um, <laughs> another one that I'm not going to play right now. I can't give out... View our listeners everything. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna come back to this later because it isn't probably the second biggest hit off this soundtrack. Track number four, Eric Carmen, Hungry Eyes. Oh, what a what a such a good song. Awesome I'm not gonna song. I'm gonna that's, I'm gonna, not gonna play it. Is I'm it gonna, played in the film? It is played what, in the film. What, what do you, what's the scene? Do you remember? I will go into more detail, but I will tell you the scene. It's it's a good old fashioned '80s montage. Is oh, what is right. what Hungry Eyes is around. Is it them practicing? Uh, the practicing. Yeah. Penny helping out, showing Baby what to do, and mm. practicing in multiple venues, and her slowly getting better at the dancing. Mm. A perfect '80s montage song. You can't tell me if that if that song doesn't come on in the radio. Oh, it gets pumped. Yeah. Do you ever skip it? You no, never skip it on, no. a, on an iPod. Never or an skip iPhone. Hungry Eyes. Um, and you would certainly sing it, see it right to the end if you heard I'm it on the radio. To tell you. Oh, it's it's an absolute classic. Um, number five on the album was Stay by Morris Williams and the Zodiacs. Absolutely, very beautiful. Um, One of those fantastic songs from that era that you just you just hear and you go, "That's just great." Is it a sixty song? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So they were trying to sort of get that um, the mood right and play yeah, some that of the, kind of songs classic from the 60s. rock and roll kind of feel. Yeah, yeah. Um, very, very good song. It's actually it only runs at a minute thirty eight. Really? Is that that's got to be one of the shortest songs ever? It's incredibly compact, and it's actually the shortest ever US number one hit on the Hot 100. Right. So very, very short song. Okay. Very short song. Interesting. Um, the group leader Morris Williams wrote this song one Saturday night in the summer of 1955 at his home in Lancaster, South Carolina. So right. maybe it was 50s. I don't know the actual release. Yeah. Don't think it said it here. Um, he had a beautiful 15-year-old girl over. Now hold on, before no no, what? he was he was a similar age. I think he was me. he was fifteen at the time as cool. well. Okay. Yep. Uh, but it was ten o'clock at night, and he couldn't convince her to stay even just a little bit longer. Her parents were very strict about her curfew, so Williams could only watch as her brother picked her up and drove off. Mm. And that's the song that he wrote. There you go. Isn't that great? Isn't that sweet? That's good. That's quite I two like fifteen-year-olds. When you confirmed that he was of similar. When age. you confirm that they're the same age and consent was there. Yeah, it changes the whole story. Changes the whole story. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this is actually played in the movie when Baby borrows, borrows money off her dad to give to Penny Johnson so she can have an abortion. Yes. Uh, How she, would they have played that out in, in, a, in a current film? That's I don't know. I don't know. Everything's controversial nowadays. What yeah. can be played out in a film anymore? Uh, I think they avoid a lot of these things now. Well, I think that's just why Marvel makes a movie every two weeks. <laughs> it's pretty much just someone in a cape. Is <laughs> all you can do is with. a comic book, yeah. Yeah. Um, she can't go to the doctor's appointment because she and Johnny are dancing in another hotel and if they cancel, they'll lose their entire season's pay. Right. So that's why she doesn't accept the money and says, well, I can't go to the appointment anyway, mm. um, which is an important part of the movie because then Baby volunteers Steps to fill in. in. Yeah. Uh, Johnny finally starts. agrees to it, even though she can't do the merengue, um, <laughs> and, <laughs> and starts teaching her to dance mm. and the love story begins. Yeah. So, yeah, so very important moment, that one. So, but and tackling and some hard-hitting themes, that Some film. serious themes. And just Crack the goat for a open. Second. Let's, 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 let's see if we get... This right near the microphone. 
Oh, you know what that is. That's the pure taste of mountain goat beer. Mountain goat. Very enjoyable beer. beer. Yes, we're not chasing a sponsorship at all. Please sponsor us. (laughs) Um, All right. Number six is Yes by Mary Clayton. Number seven on the soundtrack is You Don't Own Me by the Blow Monkeys. Don't tell me what to do and don't tell me what to say. Which is pretty much played inaudibly, which is, this is what happens with soundtracks. Because there are some songs later that are in the film, weren't on the soundtrack. We've mm. had this before. Yeah. We've had this many times. If you're an avid listener, you will know that there are songs that have been on the soundtrack that are not in the film, and there have been songs that are in the film that are not, not on the, the soundtrack. soundtrack. I don't know oh. what happens at those. Mm. A lot of the time, it's 80s movies. Mm. Something happened back then. Is this song referring to the relationship between Baby and her, her dad? Possibly. I think there's an undertone running through that. Possibly. Where he's very controlling and Johnny yes. comes in. And we were talking about this before. Back before we were dads, we would have been siding with Johnny. <laughs> That's now, right. Now we're siding yes. with the dad. When we were young, you're like, come on, old man. Just let her, <laughs> let her dance with Johnny. Go, you know? Johnny. You get that girl. And now we're like, this guy looks like trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Perspective has completely changed. Yeah. Um, it's pretty much played inaudibly behind uh, Johnny beating up Robbie in his sweater. Right. One of the one of the well-to-do gentlemen. <laughs> when he says that baby's slumming it, mm. he tells him that baby's slumming it with Johnny and Johnny jumps off the balcony and runs to him and starts beating him up. And this song is playing in the background, so there you go. Um, number eight is, and you'll know this song, actually, yep. but it's Hey Baby by Bruce Channel. Very good. Now, I'll talk about the ooh-ahs. Um, <laughs> this was played in the original version, uh, Hey Hey Baby, was played when Johnny takes uh, Baby to a remote location out in the woods so they can practice and they're dancing together on like a fallen tree, you know, to mm. improve her balance, see if she can dance with him on this, on this big log. Um, and what you would be thinking of in 2001, yes. which we think was yesterday... It was actually it was the year we graduated high school. Twenty years ago, twenty years. It's our twenty year reunion this year, which we'll have to organise. I know that our good friend Gloria is an avid listener. Yep, she will Um, get on that. I'm sure. Well, I messaged her last night. She said she didn't want any part of it. (laughs) (laughs) I was overconfident. We'll we'll keep working on that. Um, In 2001, twenty years ago, a twenty year old Austrian producer DJ Jerry Friedel, who performed under the name of DJ Otzi, recorded a Euro dance version, which we would be familiar with. Oh, and he added the ooh-ahs, which is that, what you he? just did then. And when he was a DJ, he would always do the ooh-ahs. So All he'd right. play that song and he'd do them and then found the audience loved it. And so then he created a new version with the ooh-ahs in there, which are synonymous with this song. <laughs> so you don't have to be like an inventor. You just have to like take a clock 
and just put something on it. That's you know? right. Exactly. You just have to add a little that, bit of extra exactly. spice onto something exactly. to make exactly. the money. Exactly. Um, and his version actually reached number one in the UK. And it mm. rose from number 45 to have a listen to this to replace Bob the Builder at the top. Remember that Bob the, Bob the Builder song as wow. well? That was Can We Fix It? Remember there was a dance that version, a, Can We Fix Can You Fix It? Whatever. How did that get up there? I don't the know, charts. but that was number one. And then this one jumped over. It jumped from 45 to 1, which is the highest leap to number one in the UK ever. What were we thinking? No idea. It was, th- it was the early 2000s, mate. Did you see the fashion? Mm. And what, you know, mate, come on. Mm. Come on. What can you say? <laughs> you can't say anything. It's all coming back now. It's all mm. coming around. I know. It'd be it fashionable now. We should pull out some of our own pairs of jeans. Um, number nine was Overload by Alfie Zabacosta. Um, no. <laughs> Number 10, however, was Love is Strange by Mickey and Sylvia. Mickey, hello. Um, but uh, this is one of those things that, we're, like we were talking about in Top Gun, how they put the song on and they, or Pulp Fiction put the song on, start interacting with it. Mm. They're actually practicing with this song. Um, and Baby starts impersonating how Johnny teaches and, you know, starts saying, Look at me in the eyes and this is my personal space. Don't come into my dance space. And kind of, you know, <laughs> starts impersonating what he's been doing over the many, many, you know, however long they've been practicing. Mm. Um, and as I said, they, they do what we, we love actors to do in this scene. They interact with the music and they actually sing along part of it. You know, what do you call your lover boy? How do you call your lover boy? Come here, lover boy. <laughs> they start singing with each other. So, um, which is good. It's kind of, I think, the point of in the movie is to show that playful sort of relationship yeah, that they start the developing and, yeah. as we said, the flirty banter and we see their relationship deepen and develop a bit. Mm. Um, now, the screenwriter Eleanor Bergstein, Bergstein explained in 2010 fan letter how the song ended up in the film. So um, the script said, Baby's teaching Donny, Johnny to dance and Kenny Ortega, love Kenny Ortega as a choreographer. I don't know mm. if your, your kids have gotten into The Descendants yet. No. But the Descendants are great. It's about okay. the kids of Disney villains, right? Right. Um, anyway, it's, it's fantastic. And Kenny Ortega has choreographed that. I remember Kenny Ortega as he was the choreographer who was going to be um, creating the Michael Jackson shows. Remember before Michael Jackson died, he was going to do this collection yeah. of shows in the UK in London. That's right. Yeah, I remember that was about And they were massive. And This Is It was the movie that came out and showed the process of them creating, you know, getting ready for this concert. But then, that never happened. That never happened because he yeah. passed away before it, before it yeah, came. Yeah, yeah. Kenny Ortega was the choreographer for that. He was, you know, he's one of the most famous choreographers. Right. So I'm a big Kenny Ortega fan. You know, I'm a big Michael Jackson fan as well. Absolutely. Um, so he and the screenwriter worked out the routine in their motel room the night before the scene was going to be filmed. Um, the executives came running onto the set after it was shot and said that the song they used wasn't listed on the carefully calibrated chart of songs that they could afford. So there was no budget for it, and worst of all, they had the actors lip sync. So as I said, they actually interact and sing the song, so they couldn't replace it with a cheaper song, um, and they might have to scrap the whole scene. Luckily, everyone agreed that after they saw the scene, it was too good to scrap, um, and so they left it in there, obviously found a bit of extra, extra bit of cash. And, bit of cash. And kept that in there, So there, which is good, a great, a great scene to watch um, and a great song. Um, now, this song, actually... Mm-hmm. Uh, Speaking me, of cash, yes, they actually offered Swayze an obscene amount of money to do a sequel, but oh. he didn't do it. Really? And I, it's interesting because a lot of there isn't a sequel, right? There isn't some B grade, D grade sequel. We better look dancing. that up. Can you look that up? Because we better look that up. It'd be interesting if they did do one. Swayze obviously didn't appear in it, and I thought that was it. They wouldn't have done a second one. No, well, you wouldn't think so, but there's there's been a lot of sequels where the uh, original actors... Where they replace them out. I mean, look at Back to the Future 2. Look at Crispin. Mm. There is Dirty Dancing Havana Nights. Okay. From 2004, which I think is probably the closest that they the got to The closest thing to a to sequel. A sequel. Yeah. Um, but they offered, I think at the time, they offered him like six or seven million bucks to do a sequel. <sighs> but he said he doesn't do sequels. Wow. So he doesn't do sequels. Not and I'm not trying to think, did he ever go against that rule? No, he didn't. Oh, 
He doesn't. Not he, that I can think he, of right now. He doesn't do sequels. Doesn't do sequels. Good on him. Good on him. Stuck Stands to it. firm. Stands firm. Stuck to it. Now mm. this song, I'm going to play it for you. All right, Mickey. Do it. I'm going to play it for you, and I want you to tell me where you might recognise part of "Love Is Strange." You will know it. Here we go. <laughs> Pitbull? Yes. <laughs> you got it. You got it. Baby. You got it. Do you know the name of the song? You're the one? No. No. Oh. Oh, no. Back in time. Back in time. Back in That's time. Right. By Pitbull. And, and Pitbull, he made that song for Men in Black. Two. Two? Yes. Yep. There you go. Yep, there you go. There you go. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> so, I love it. so I knew you'd like that. I know you're a big Pitbull fan. Mm. fan. Um, I love how what's old is always new. It's and then... great. I love the sampling. But it's so yeah. funny that you just know these songs and you have no, you would know, have no idea, unless you were an avid, avid mm. follower of the Dirty Dancing soundtrack or had it and knew the song. Yeah. Um, you wouldn't really know. Where did they get that from? Just some <laughs> old song that whatever. Anyway, so there you go. I thought you'd like that. Um Number 11 on the track listing is Where Are You Tonight by Tom Johnston. I want to know Where are you tonight? Tonight I want to know Where are you tonight? Tonight I've got to know Where are you? Girl, I got to find That song and uh, number 12 is In the Still of the Nights by the Five Satins. A famous cover of this song is Boys to Men. I'm a big Boys to Men fan. Do you like Boys to Men? Love Boys to Men. Love Boys to Men. And they do a very good cover of In the Still of the Night. And I actually mm. did a cover myself in the Still of the Night on my Instagram account. Wow. Yeah. Has that been performing well? No. No? <laughs> Zero hits. <laughs> Zero hits. But uh, yeah, but my mum has, has liked it four or five times. Don't know how. Somehow I've got around the algorithm. Um, she gets the views up. She gets the views up somehow. She's able, she's got five, five or six accounts, likes them from each. Um, <laughs> Now let, let me talk about now I'm gonna now talk about the arguably the best three songs on the album. We've yep. already talked about them in the track listing. I'm gonna go into more detail about them. Please. The first one which we haven't heard yet, and I know the viewers have been waiting for it, and I've been waiting They're for it, and I love it. it. And here it is Hungry Eyes. Written by Joe DeNicola and Frank Previtt. 
who also wrote another huge hit for the movie, might know it, I've had the time of my life, mm. <laughs> which I'll talk about shortly. Now, Prevert was in a group that was on Millennium Records, which was headed up by Jimmy Einer, who then asked him to do some songs when he was producing the Dirty Dancing soundtrack. So that's how Frank Previtt got involved. He says that Jimmy had closed his label and Hungry Eyes, here we go, another one of these examples, Hungry Eyes was a song on my demo reel because I was trying to get a new recording contract. So that was just one of the songs that I had. I've got a new, I want to get a, court, a contract. Here's yeah. one of the songs I've got. Um, no one thought that it would have a chance. <laughs> what? And there you go. That's crazy. You, you like that song the first time you hear it. And every time you hear it. Yeah. It's amazing. It's, it's e- yep. everlasting. Yep. Anyway, that's just, that's what happens. Mm. But I think, and look, I don't want to sound like a broken re- record and bang on about this, but yeah. 80 songs, there were just so many good ones. Yeah. But Hungry Eyes was like, eh. Yeah. It's like lost in the... <laughs> it gets lost yeah. in the... And now you're like, holy hell. Yeah. As it stands up compared to tracks now. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. All right. Um, now, Eric Carmen also wrote the massive hit All By Myself. All by myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's a good track. Um, which ended up as being one of the biggest hits for Celine Dion. Yes. Like the, like the Celine Dion version? Of I course. love that version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, she nails that. She nails it. Brilliant. In the movie, this song is used for a classic 80s montage, as I said, where she's learning to dance and learning to keep her eyes on Johnny as she dances. Right. So keep looking me in the eye. Not my don't feet. Look, don't look at your feet. Yes. So well, not her feet, sorry. Not well, his feet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Somebody's so, feet. Somebody's feet. Anyone's feet. Just look at me in the eye. So, yeah, that's a, a great montage. We love an Similar 80s. Similar to Karate Kid. Love an 80s montage. Always look, hey. Always. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Thinking about our uh, Karate Kid Cobra Kai episode. Yes. Um, Hang on. We haven't found a Back to the Future connection yet. That's interesting. Uh, well, I haven't in my notes, but I am, I'm confident it'll come. We'll find it it'll eventually. It'll come naturally. Okay, good. <laughs> um, the next one which I did play a little bit earlier and I've got a little bit, just a little bit to say about, which is She's Like the Wind. Mm. Beautiful, beautiful song. Mm-hmm. Um, this is when Johnny's lost his job at the mountain house and he's saying goodbye to baby. Swayze doesn't sing it on camera, which as I said, it makes it a rare, rare case where the star of the film um, soundtracks their own scene. Now that's different actually because the star of Born, those songs are in the film, are they not? Yes, they are. So we mm. would have to actually try and find a, a case of where the actor is singing on the soundtrack in the background of them acting. I'm sure it's happened. There, there'd, yes. be, there'd be quite a few. Yeah. But a lot of the time it's they rare. might be singing them in the pick, not necessarily mm. having themselves soundtracking their own acting. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, he actually wrote it for another film, which it was rejected for. But then two years two years later, he showed it the producers of Dirty Dancing and they gave it the green light. So mm. there we go. We know they were short of cash. <laughs> <laughs> so they were like... That's right. Yeah, come on, Patty boy. <laughs> Could you write? Swing that Jennifer, in. Jennifer, <laughs> you got a song? And everyone's coming back tomorrow with one song, right? Everybody now. <laughs> <laughs> one song each on my desk. You got some homework? In the morning. <laughs> we got no more money left. Um, How do you get on the microphone? Give us one. <laughs> Even the guy from Law & Order. Get... <laughs> He's got one in him for sure. <laughs> uh, Everyone's got one song in him. Uh, we've all got one. All right. And speaking of one, speaking of only having one song, well, maybe not only having one song, but if this was your one song, the next one I'm about to talk about, you would be okay. You'd be yes. doing okay You'd right now. You'd be doing all right. And that is, as we know, let's play it a little bit again. I've had the time of my life. Now, we know that this song is sung by Bill Medley, who is one half of the Righteous Brothers. The goat is kicking in. And uh, and Jennifer Warnes was the uh, the lady that was involved in that. I've seen that perform many, at oh, many a wedding. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
It's used in the climactic scene of the movie where Johnny and Baby do their big final dance, mm -hmm. the last dance of the season. The song makes it such a feel-good scene. I was I watched this whole scene today. Mm. Such a good scene. I'm gonna go back and watch it again. Yeah, one of the, if you are listening right Liberating. now, go pause the podcast. Please don't forget to come back to it, but mm -hmm. pause it and go, go and watch, watch that scene right now. It is such a feel-good scene. I was sitting there. I love that they're both laughing, having a great time on stage. Johnny jumps off the stage in beautiful 80s slow-mo. Um, and then starts cruising down the aisle and showing his own dance moves. He's got this black button-up shirt and black jeans. His girdle. His bit of chest out, his girdle, which we don't see. His girdle's his working spanks. hard. Um, and <laughs> and all, then all the other dancers start joining in. Like, it's one of those moments where, uh, like, they start right. following back up the aisle and doing the same moves. And, you know, one of those choreographed things that was just mm. somehow choreographed with, you know, 30 people just at the same time. Um, <laughs> And then obviously the, the crescendo of Baby jumping off the stage, running towards Johnny mm. and doing the famous You thing. know they never practiced that. Did they not? That particular take was the take. No way. She was worried about doing a rehearsal for that because she was concerned about getting injured and not possibly properly, etc. So that's amazing. That is amazing. Because I reckon very professional dancers would, would struggle 100%. to get that first time. Absolutely. So And you know what they you know what I found out that they do today, which you may not notice. You know how when they are practicing in the movie they they didn't practice in real life. Well, mm. they practiced, I guess, um, not in that venue with that scene, but they practiced in the lake. Remember they're practicing yeah. in the water? Yeah. Um and John Williams is one of the best at doing this. He'll give you a so if you think about the biggest if you think about the, the most momentous piece of music in a film, so if you think about a Star Wars theme or you think about you know, Harry mm. Potter or you think about you know, those iconic melodies of, 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 the, of the, the, um, the score of the film, what John Williams will do and a lot of great composers, will, they'll play snippets of it throughout the, the movie either associated with a certain character or with a certain theme mm. or something. So it kind of just gets into your head a little bit. They'll just mm. play a snippet. And then by the time you get to that climactic scene, by the time you get to that moment and the full orchestra plays the full proper ah. version of that. It's like they're just sort of teasing it's been, it. It's been seated it it in your mind and it's like, yeah. wow, well, here's it's the moment. You know, happened. like E.T. Yeah. There would yeah. be moments of E.T. And then once that bike takes off and, and you know... Yeah, you're and you, right. Na, 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 yeah. And it's got the but full orchestra and you go, this is the moment. But you didn't yeah. realise that they were planning it before that. It's so smart. It's you sort of, they're just planting that into your brain to tell you that there's going to be a climatic scene. Yeah. And bits and pieces are happening. Yeah. And now you know this is the... This is the... This is and the, everything this sort of connects together. That's right. That's amazing all comes together. How so they, smart And they did this in, in that. So when you watch that scene, you wouldn't have noticed, maybe. Mm. Um, people may have noticed. Mm. But if you hadn't seen the movie and you didn't know where it was going to end and mm. the song that was going to finish with. Um, but if you go back and watch it, when they're practicing in the lake of that lift, there is a piano instrumental version of I've Had the Time of My Life right. playing behind them. Yeah, but not to the same yeah, ready to level ready or degree. to prepare you for that for that big moment wow. where she yeah. jumps into his arm. Ah, and it's a big, you know. Um, so yeah, I thought I'd just awesome. Throw that out and ET was so. a really good example of that because yeah, I remember that particular scene where the bikes flying through. And the And you air wouldn't notice, but if you watched it now, you'd know that there'd be -na 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 -na, there'd be slight, just a slight snippet of that melody earlier in the movie mm. to know that this is what's going to be coming later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then it's great. You know, then after that lift, it's fantastic. Everyone's happy then. That mm. lift just opens everyone up. Um, the dancers start getting people out of the audience <laughs> to dance. All these old hoity-toity <laughs> women are dropping their fur to get jiggy with it. Um, you know, it's one of those scenes that gives you goosebumps and a big smile on your face the whole time. And then towards the end, baby's dad comes up and lets him know that, you know, he knows that Johnny didn't get Benny, Penny pregnant. Mm -hmm. When I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a good trait. Yeah, good try. Okay, Very good try. Absolutely, absolutely. Very hard to do nowadays, mm. but yeah. Um, baby finally gets the approval from her dad, which he's wanted the whole time, and it's it's beautiful. Mm. Uh, and then even mum and dad start dancing. You know, they're dancing around. Law and order guys out there. The house band joins in. Even the old bloke that didn't really like it at the start, who goes, "You got sheep music for this thing." <laughs> um, <laughs> he even gets involved. He starts dancing with his wife. Um, and then we get a big kiss from Johnny and Baby, and you know, the movie wraps up. So. Um, so yeah, beautiful. Wow. Um, 
Now, it was written by... I'm sorry, I do have more notes here. I didn't realise, but there's another page. Whoa. I know, I've go, I'm gone a bit nuts. We can cut some of this out, but it's all very interesting stuff. No, keep going. Um, I'm loving so it. So, uh, it's written by Frank Previtt. So, as we said, the guy that wrote Hungry Eyes wrote this as well. John De Nicola, Don, Donald Markowitz. It won the Academy Award for Best Original Song in 87. The Golden Globe for Best Original Song in 88. And the Grammy Award for Best Pop Performance in 1988 as well. Hmm. Now, most pop songs don't start with the chorus. No, you're right. Did you notice that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It starts with the chorus. Uh, but it had, to, it had to fit some specific criteria for the movie, which was it had to start slow, finish fast, and have a mumbo beat. There His you go. Mumbo. Back so to there, my mumbo. Right. Previtt added uh, in an interview, he said, the scene was seven minutes long, so they needed the song to be just as long. So he started the track with the chorus up the front in half time to create a slow mood before then the downbeat of the verse. You know, and, and then yeah. they start getting into the yeah. into the mumbo kind of move. Um, we, we assume. We don't know what mumbo is. Um, <laughs> it was actually initially intended for Donna Summer and Joe Esposito, who you would remember from our last episode. Oh, wait, Donna, not Donna Summer. That was Cruel Summer, Bananarama. Donna Summer is another singer. Joe Esposito, as we know. Yeah, you, from Rocky Karate. Fan. And, rock, and, and Karate Kid. Karate Kid, Rocky fame, yep. Mm-hmm. Um, Donna Summer turned it down because she didn't like the title of the film. Okay. Uh, and Bill Medley, who I said, you know, one of the Righteous Brothers, wasn't interested in recording a soundtrack single after doing another duet in another movie, Sylvester Stallone's Cobra. He did a duet with Gladys Knight. Right, for Cobra. Yes. <laughs> That's interesting. Yep. Um, and it bombed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So he didn't want to do another duet. Okay, gotcha. um, he also said that um, the title of the film sounded like a bad porno film. Right. Bad porno movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so that was Bill Medley's original stance. Uh, but then he had two months of pressure from Jimmy Einer, um, the executive producer of the soundtrack. Um, he said he couldn't do it because his wife was having a baby and he was going to be there for that. But then Jennifer Warnes came in, who Bill Medley was a big fan of, and Jennifer Warnes called him. They talked to each other and they said, let's do it. So right. there you go. There you go. And now look. Uh, it's one of the, always one of the, I love these stories together. behind songs because a lot of the time it just doesn't seem like it's going to work out. And then yeah, things yeah. come together and you've, you create a classic song that everyone knows. Like it's yeah. just. Well, a sort of accidental. Yeah. You know, all the elements that come together. Just come together. It's yeah. magic. It's, meant to, it's it. meant to be. Yeah, it's serendipity. Yeah. Um, now, what we were saying before about writing one song, everyone's got one in it. Yes, I reckon I've got one there. Eventually, I, I've I've written a few songs again on my Instagram. Not doing well. Please follow. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, if you wrote this song, you'd be doing all right. Okay. So, um, but what happened was the Dirty Dancing producers offered Previtt a thousand dollars for the rights of each of the two songs, "Hungry Eyes" and "I've Had the Time." A thousand bucks for yep. both of them. He insisted on three. Th- he insisted on three thousand five hundred for each of the songs, <laughs> plus retention of the copyrights, right? Because he did retain the songs' copyrights. Yeah. In the year two thousand, he was still le- earning at least two hundred fifty thousand a year, <laughs> just Gosh. from the song "Time of My Life." That's amazing. He and estimate- they wanted a thousand bucks for it <laughs> yeah. and to walk away. Now, Previtt estimates that he gets quarterly checks of ten grand to thirty grand for radio airplay. Quarterly, additional quarterly checks of fifty to a hundred grand from from um, the stage adaptation because it's a musical now, right? And annual checks of a hundred to one hundred twenty-five thousand when the song's used in commercials. Jeez, <laughs> one song so good. You just have if to. You make got one, one song. in, yeah. Yeah, just don't hold it in. Everyone's got one in them. Let it come out. Start writing it. <laughs> um, now, as I said at the top of the podcast. We've seen this before. There were a few well-known songs featured in the movie that weren't on the soundtrack. Right, okay. But were released in a special 2007 20-year really anniversary edition. Uh, it's odd the, the songs I, they leave Again, out. we don't know what happens, but anyway, they okay. weren't on there. So one of them was Big Girls Don't Cry, Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons. Yeah, massive this song. This was when, massive song. This is when the, Haus, the Hausmans are actually singing this song at Kellerman. So this is one of the songs that they're singing. Literally, at the it's in House, the movie they're in singing, the movie, it. singing So I don't it. know how you can ignore that from the soundtrack. Don't know. But anyway. Uh, Another really famous scene is when she baby gets invited to a secret staff party and she first experiences Dirty Dancing. Um, Do You Love Me by The Contours. Do you love me?
I'm pretty sure it's also from Teen Wolf 2, that's a different pathway. We won't go down that pathway. Teen Wolf 2, featuring... Well, not Michael J. Fox. Oh, but he was in Team Wolf. But he was in the photo. Wasn't he in the original Team Wolf? He was in the team original. Well, that's it. There's our connection. <laughs> that's a we connection. Found it. Oh my goodness! I told you, I had confidence. We you did not. Had we faith. didn't. We did not view it. Listeners, I keep saying viewers. I wish they could see us. We're we're looking great <laughs> at the moment. Um, we did not plan this. No, we did not plan this. But it does reaffirm that Back to the Future is the center, center of, of the, the cinematic, cinematic universe. universe. Um, so anyway, the great song. She's carrying a watermelon. And remember, that's her first line to Johnny. I carried a watermelon. I carried the watermelon or something. And then he walks away and she's like, I carried the watermelon? What's wrong with me? <laughs> anyway, because um, she's hanging out with um, Johnny's cousin. Right. Yeah. Uh, another one, which is the same thing, which is when he starts, he brings her onto the dance floor. Same scene. Love Man by Otis Redding. So again, an important scene. First time that Johnny dances with Baby. Mm. Hello. Brings her in and show, kind of Hello. shows her the rope and shows her Anybody how, home? Shows the ropes. Show, <laughs> show, now, now we're just now we're just to the Hello. Yeah, we're just, yeah, we're just sapping it for all it's worth. Um, so, yeah, important moment. No song. Anyway, Love Man, Otis Redding. Great song. Another one is Wipeout by the Safaris, um, which is, again, when Johnny's practising with Baby. A lot of practising in this movie. Lots and lots of... Well, you, but you can't be a good dancer overnight. No. I like that. No, that's true. That was the 80s mentality. Nowadays, YouTubers and such, you can be an expert in everything instantly. No. Ridiculous. No, you have to practise mm-hmm. over an 80s montage of Hungry Eyes by exactly. Eric Carmen. You need that every time. Anyway, and the last one is Will You Love Me Tomorrow by the Shirelles. Love me tomorrow. Um, and this is when Baby wants to know from Johnny if he's been with many women before. Right. And Doubt what, it. What did Johnny say? <laughs> I don't remember. How did Johnny tackle get that out question? Of that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> don't know. We've all been asked it. How'd you get out of it? Moving on. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Let's put on Dirty Dancing. That's a, that's a good way to get Let's it. Let's watch this. Track. Let's watch this. Chick flick. I mean, no movie for that, all yeah. genders. Yes. Um, or non, non-genders, whatever. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Uh, not getting into that. Um, so there you go. Wow. Soundtrack, done and dusted. You Great must. One. You need to drink a goat after that. I do. You I've been talking. I apologise. I've been talking through. a lot. <laughs> now, you've done a lot of research for this particular um, episode. This is You've gone way beyond I was excited. expectations. Season two. It's a great flick. I was excited. Off with a bang. I was excited. I wanted to give the viewers a really good punch to start the new year. Absolutely. And I think we've done that. We have. We really have. And I think people are going to go away from this and going to put that dirty dancing on. At least that last scene. You could find that last scene on YouTube. You'll yeah. be smiling ear to ear. At the very least, go back and watch the last scene. But if you're that way inclined, go back and watch the whole film. whole thing's easy to watch. And if you've got Spotify, just dirty dancing soundtrack. Absolutely. Check and, it out. And while you're on Spotify. You may as well. Subscribe to and, and leave a review. Leave a review. We want a, we want another review. And had a few. And a five-star rating. We've had, a few, we've had quite a few five-star ratings. We're very highly yes. regarded. And we're very thankful for that. On Apple Music, on, sorry, Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. But we would like some more reviews. Yes. So if you're out Keep there and coming. you're listening, please make it positive. Mm. <laughs> well, give us some constructive feedback via the email. Absolutely. Give this constructive feedback privately at <laughs> soundtrackpod at gmail.com. But anything positive... Uh, <laughs> Please can certainly be thrown out to uh, Soundtrack Guys on Twitter or any review station that you can find on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Um, wow. Wow. Well, I'm exhausted. Uh, I'm too. I think we're... I'm uh, too tired. Do another goat. Do another Maybe goat. Maybe a bowl. Too tired to dance now. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to bowl. I feel like the bowling alley might... It feels like a, you know, we're going to the bowling alley tonight almost like yeah. might bring us back to that 60s environment like in Dirty Dancing and Absolutely. there might be some, you I'm know. looking forward to a bit of Milkshakes. Milkshakes. Bowling. Burgers, a few chippies. Burgers. Bowling. Yeah. Some dancing. Some Absolutely. singing. Yeah. Should be good. I think tonight Restrictions be a, are easing a little bit. That's right. COVID is. A little bit more relaxed. COVID in Australia is starting to, yeah, so starting to wise up to itself. And, yeah. um, so we'll see how we go. But anyway. Guys, thanks for being with us. Yep. We'll see you in another couple of months with a new episode. Hopefully sooner than that. From the soundtrack guys. Sooner if we can. Sooner if we can. All right. You've been listening to Soundtrack. Soundtrack.